Cinco says you're a dead man. Cinco's word against mine, and I got a damn good reason to lie. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the My Favorite Film Podcast with me, Gav Smith. Tonight, I am joined by Ben Jones. Ben, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, all that type of nonsense. Uh, nonsense, yeah. yeah I well, see, it's I nonsense. It's all nonsense. To be honest, nonsense. <laughs> I'm sure my wife would be in here and go, yeah, it's nonsense. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm Ben, uh, Ben Jones. I am... Uh, Sometime reviewer over on thegeekshow.co.uk. I am the Comrade Samurai on Twitter. Uh, I'm just a uh, middle-aged to old and white guy who talks about movies way too much. Fair enough. No friends. Yeah, that, that's that's the type of nonsense I was looking for, so that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, tonight, or well, tonight, I say tonight, I always say tonight because it's nighttime now when we're recording it, but you know. You could be listening to this at any time. Um, the film that we're going to cover, uh, I haven't seen it. I've purposely not watched it because I decided that because I couldn't find it, that you were going to try and sell it to me. So it's going to be a little bit different. Um, tell us a little bit about what tonight's film is and a kind of plot synopsis. What's it all about? Right. Okay. So the film tonight is the 1986 film 315, The Moment of Truth, or just 315, or if you're in France, Class 89. Okay. So it goes by a few titles. Yeah. Uh, directed by Larry Gross, who was um, a big, big friend with Walter Hill. So you can actually see a lot of the, the same kind of footprints, like from the Warriors yeah. onwards throughout this film. Um, what is this film about? It's your typical bad boy turned good and is trying to rid himself of his past whilst the <laughs> bad guys just won't let him go just as he thinks he's out they pull him back in again <laughs> uh, but this time there's more stakes because it's his girlfriend involved and she's like no don't get involved and he's like no i've got to get involved and then her dad's really cool because it's wings hauser and then wings hauser is just amazing so yeah that answers one of my questions for later on and <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's basically, and then the final 20 minutes is the showdown between the former friends or for, uh, the gang our hero used to be a member of having a showdown around the school. Fair enough. Anyway. So it's, it's, ah, is it basically West Side Story without music? <laughs> no, because the, 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 the girlfriend element isn't really kind of a big part of it to be honest that she's just there and she's kind of used to hurt him a bit um right i don't, I don't know what i compare it to it's yeah it kind of falls into that whole savage streets class of 1984 yeah, uh, yeah. i suppose going back as far as the the blackboard jungle you know that kind of thing yeah you know so yeah fair enough it's one of those one of those yeah. it's one of yeah. those. you know what's going to happen but it doesn't matter because it's really good okay fair enough yeah so when did you first see it? Actually, strangely enough, only last year. Wow. I've only kind of in, in the last four or five years really started to embrace my trashy side. Up until now, I've kind of been <laughs> very much kind of stoic. Oh, got to watch the classics. Got You know, I'm very heavily into Japanese and South Korean cinema, right, Hong okay. Kong cinema before that. You know, so I could sit here and wax lyrical about Taiwanese wuxia pian movies. Um <laughs> 
But I think it was coming into the pandemic. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know what? When it came up, favourite movie, it was like, how cruel can I be? It's like, let's let's go for this King Who movie from 1968. And anybody listening who knows which movie I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. Um, So, yeah, it's one of those... It was one of those things. I think it was coming into the pandemic. It was mm. life was kind of like I just needed something light, and I just started watching all these straight to video movies or these B movies from the eighties and like yeah. just something easy to watch that didn't matter. It's so like like a kung fu movie in the sense yeah. that we're going in, you know what's going to happen, yeah. but it didn't matter. It was it was a bit of comfort food, and I kind of found myself really embracing it, and so like watching really. I was going to say really poor shark movies, so I might as well just say shark movies. Uh, yeah. Because outside of Jaws. <laughs> yeah. Um, There's not many good so ones after Jaws. Actually, you know what? No, I'm going to defend this. Megalodon, oh, cool. right. Um, shark Attack 3, Megalodon is genius. <laughs> is it? And um, uh, Yeah, absolutely <laughs> fantastic. but i was still see here's the thing right i'm i'm you're gonna hear this a lot from me if you anybody who ever follows me or anything like you probably heard me say a a million times is i put as much value in these kind of films as i do with things like the films of pasolini or kurosawa and things like that because they serve a purpose yeah they serve an absolute if i've had a bad day i'm not coming home and watching three and a half hours of seven samurai Seven Samurai aren't going to be the greatest film ever made. No, what am I going to put on? I'm going to put on the Toxic Avenger. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, no, I actually, have a great yeah. time for 90 minutes or less. And it feels great. And it served its purpose. You know what? It has as much value as anything as proper cinema. So, you know what? Martin Scorsese was right when he said Marvel films were roller coasters. And yeah. I really like roller coasters. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of really good films out there that are classed as being trash or B-movies or whatever else. I mean, my favourite film, which I've gone through before, is, yeah. is Highlander. You know, it's it's not exactly high cinema, but it's a great film. Swords, uh, Immortals, Travel Through I've Time. I've got a funny story about that. Oh, go on. <laughs> I've got such a great story about the right. Okay, so... Because I think we're of a similar age, aren't we? We're a few I think so. Ago, I'm, I'm not, 52, not so. So it, it was... I'm 48. So... Same age, yeah. Generational. Yeah. Know. So yeah. It, it's... Yeah. So there, there was what We used to have Christmas films in school mm. every year, piling the kids. Yeah. So the first three years, you know, so like first, second, third year, and then it was fourth and fifth year. Yeah. Afterwards... That yep. were going in the afternoon. Well, one year, for some reason, I don't know why, but I think it was uh, because they thought it was some kind of historical film, they showed Highlander <laughs> to the school. Excellent. So they had all the first, second, and third years. So this is 11, 12, 13, 13 going up <laughs> through th- those years in the morning watching Highlander uncut, wow. I might add. And there's a couple of scenes in there that's a bit like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. showing this to 11, 12, 13 year olds. Yeah, yeah. And then you had 300, nearly 400 kids come running out of that screening, grabbing the nearest stick they could find, <laughs> holding it like, there can be only one, one, and 300 kids coming in and battering them with sticks. <laughs> it got to the point where after that year, they kind of really monitored what films they were going to show the kids. Because before that, or just after that, they showed Police Academy 2. Wow. So it was sort of like, they're really, and they showed Robocop two, wow. a couple of years later in one of the classrooms. And it was like, 
you do not care, do you? No, they're, they're not <laughs> watching not at all, are they? So, yeah, Highlander, absolutely adore it. Yeah. No, they didn't care. But then again, we're talking about a generation of teachers and parents who had to be reminded that the kids existed. You know, <laughs> it's 10 p.m. Where are your children? Yeah. Oh, I've got kids. Oh, no. I've got kids. Oh, no. What's going on? So, you know what? I'm not going <laughs> to. Where, no. where are they? Got to get no. them. No. Um, <laughs> so, it, it's, yeah, it's definitely one of those kind of they didn't care yeah. at all kind of thing which is funny because now with my because i saw halloween when i was like nine i saw jaws when i was six yeah yeah but yet with my kids i've been really ultra protective and no 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 so woman in black it's it, i know it's a 12 but you can't watch that too no. scary for you <laughs> my eldest now watches things like some of the party massacre and, and sort of like wow. you know, i obviously did something right you know yeah 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 no i mean we watched um Back to the Future thing. Oh, that's going to be a, a nice, easy-going film. And within the first five minutes, they're playing shit and fuck, and it's like, oh, hold oh, oh, on, let's let's <laughs> switch that off. We'll come back to that one a bit. Older. That, it's, it's 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 the mother fancying the son. It's kind of like <laughs> um, so really wrong. <laughs> how do I explain this one to my son? Right. So obviously, you saw it at home for yes. the first time. Why yes. this film? Why did you pick this up? Because you said you were looking for something sort of easygoing and whatever else. But what was it about this film that made you think, actually, that's the one I'm going to pick up. That's the one I'm going to watch. I was just watching anything and everything. Right. So like, if it seemed like... Um... If it seemed like it was kind of an entertaining eighties gang, because I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of a lot of those gang movies. As yeah. I said, like Savage Streets was a, a big thing for me. Yeah, uh, I, had a, I had a crush on Linda Blair for the longest time after that one. You, <laughs> you know, didn't? Not The Exorcist, obviously. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? So like, mm, you can, mm. <laughs> look at that with a piece of. I'm disgusting myself, <laughs> but it, it's kind of. Uh, yeah, no, so Savage Streets and the Warriors and Vigilante. Yeah. And, yeah. and the Warriors particularly. I remember yeah. seeing the Warriors really young. I was still in primary school when I saw that. And it was on, like, Channel 4 late one night or something yeah. like that. And we watched it. And it was kind of one of those films that you kind of met up with your mates the next day. So, did you see that film last night? Yeah. Yeah, what a day. And you yeah. kind of like, and then you go off and try and recreate it in the playground. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, it, so I always kind of had an affinity to those films, the um, the low-budget post-apocalyptic movies, yeah. a lot of the Italian knockoffs, yeah. which at the time I didn't know were Italian knockoffs. I just thought, it's more movies for me to consume. Yeah. And so I've always had an affinity to those kind of things. I was the perfect age for yeah. that. You know, seeing um, Mad Max 2 for the first time or yeah. The Road Warrior for yeah. anyone on the other side of the pond. <laughs> but it's yeah so this one it, it's one that definitely slipped through the cracks yeah and then it was just kind of like you know what i've not seen this one i don't know this one and i was picking up a few i picked up a few of the new world thanks to the guys over in the new world's pictures podcast right absolutely essential listen to those guys and like omega syndrome they talked about and i'm kind of like oh this is great absolutely bonkers film yeah and that's kind of what I wanted. And so right. I, th I thought I'd be getting into another one of those. Right. But here was the juxtaposition. 
it was too good to be trash, but too trash to be good. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> you kind of find yourself in this weird kind of because the performances, I mean, some of them are ramped up to 10. I mean, yeah. they are dialed well, dialed up to 11. Let's go spinal tap on this one. Well, why not? And it's, but yet some of them are just so grounded and so, you know, who the heroes and villains are. There's yeah. no nuance to it at all, but it's kind of like, I like that guy. I don't like that guy. I like her. I don't like her. And it's so simple, but so crisp and to the point, and there ain't an ounce of fat on it anywhere. 86 minutes this film is. Yeah. Now, I, I don't mind a long film. Obviously, I nope. watch South Korean films. Every yep. single South Korean film is brilliant and fantastic and always 20 minutes too long. Yes. Guaranteed. But it's... You're not sitting down over an evening. I'm just going to watch a short Korean movie because they don't exist. If they don't exist, no, no. So, <laughs> so it's one of those situations where 86 minutes. It was late. I was in bed. Uh, I had the iPad out. This is how sacrilegious we're getting here. You know, I had the <laughs> iPad. I was watching it on the iPad, and I was like, "Yeah, that's a hit play." And 86 minutes later, I was like, that was awesome. Five stars letterboxed straight away. Fair enough. Fair and with enough. my usual review, because I review everything on the letterboxed. Yeah. So I'm up yeah. to a silly number of reviews on there. So it was, um, it was definite immediate. Really, you know, I watched it. Oh, come. It was definitely an immediate love that it was like, yeah, I've seen it. No, that. no, absolutely. Brilliant. It was, my heart was, it was, it was like, I can't wait to watch this again. And I think. At some point, I think I even described it as sort of like, this is better than Savage Streets, and that's me saying something. <laughs> because Savage Streets has this kind of whole, oh, I saw that again way too young. Yeah. And it was just oh, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. But I kind of came out of it thinking, okay, if Savage Streets is your dirty, grimy revenge, and it is quite grimy. I mean, I don't yeah. know if you've, if, even if you've seen Savage Streets, but it, it's, you know, the whole Linnea quickly rape scene, things like it, it yeah, does yeah. get quite sleazy and dirty. And it, it, it's a difficult watch. This is the, this is the kind of the, the version of Savage Streets that you take home to your parents. Right. So it's almost like a wholesome fun version <laughs> so, of Savage Streets. <laughs> Maybe not wholesome uh, and fun. But it's not wholesome <laughs> and fun at all. It's not wholesome at all. I mean, but yeah, no, it's just way. In fact, it kind of, there was another film which I nearly picked for this called um, oh, um, Rolling Vengeance about a guy in a monster truck seeking revenge on these people who raped and murdered his girlfriend. Right. <laughs> so, you know, typical but it's really movie, funny yeah. because <laughs> typical revenge movie, but it, it's kind of like, it's so polite. You can tell it's Canadian. <laughs> it, it, it's honestly they, they, everybody is just so polite about it there's next to no swearing in it and all the kills they just kind of cut away at the last minute and it's right. just sort of like actually you know what I could show this to my kids and whilst they might be traumatised it won't be because of the blood and the gore because there ain't any <laughs> so, and this is kind of it here that you kind of see the odd flashes like there's a scene uh, right at the beginning where the kind of the Cobras who are the main gang, yeah. uh, they kind of get into it with this other gang and the, 
the head honcho is like, yeah, I'm going to murder this guy. And then our hero kind of grabs his arm and goes, no, you've done too much. Goes, ah, I'm going to kill him. No, you've done too much. Look what you made me do. And he goes, right, taking it too far, and walks away from the gang. And that's your opening scene. And that's probably as bloody as it gets. Yeah, right. Okay. Is when the other gang member gets stabbed in the back. And Oh, spoiler. Oh, oh, no. that's right, um, that's right. There's a spoiler warning goes out the start. You're right. <laughs> first, first five minutes. Honestly, yeah. it's because if it happens in the opening scene, it's not a spoiler. It's not a spoiler. No, it's not a spoiler. Even though people go, "That's a spoiler." Everything. It's probably on the trailer. Shit, let's right. be honest. <laughs> probably, you know what? I don't even know if this film has a trailer. I'll be absolutely honest. I've never seen it. it. Must have. But put it this way. <laughs> I, I, you proper cheesy eighties ones. Where, there's a time for violence, and there's a time for. <laughs> It'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> and they were brilliant. And to be honest, and this is why the reputation of that guy as well is like, well, it's, it's more fun watching the trailers than it is the movie half the time. So like spend three hours in the video shop just to watch the trailers go, this movie's rubbish, let's turn it off. Except you didn't because you had those films for three days and yeah. that's all you had. <laughs> yeah. You were going to watch them. I've just spent a fortune on this. I'm going to watch it exactly. five times. Exactly. Um, exactly. So, no, oh, sorry, well, go on. Yep. I was just going to say there was there was kind of a a spate of this type of film in the eighties, probably on the back of um, Class of eighty four. Um, and I guess this yes. in France they said this was Class of eighty nine. So it, there must have been some sort of yeah, classic eighty nine. Yeah, yeah. We're going to try and link these two films together. And actually looking at the plot synopsis because that's kind of all I've done. Um. It is very similar yes. to Class of 84. What what makes it better or what makes it different? It's it's not right. Okay. So Class of 1984 is the remake of the Blackboard Jungle from 1955. Yeah. yeah. Which is based on the novel of the same name from the year before. Yeah. And that is very much sort of like that generational divide. What this is what 315 is it's not so much a generational divide it very much is focused on the individual where you've got your path you've got your right path and you've got your wrong path right and it is very much that black and white it would be actually be amazing how much you could convert this into a kung fu movie or a western it is that <laughs> so, so much of a basic premise right that it, it really could you could put it on a, a whole host of things yeah but as i say it's kind of played out i mean Adam Baldwin plays your, your main character, Jeff. Yeah. And he kind of comes out and he's about three times the size of everybody else in the cast. It's so funny. It's not <laughs> like you're supposed to feel sorry for him, but he could squish. And believe, I get it. I'm 6'4. I get it. You know, you walk into a room, everybody else is coming. You're kind of looking at the tops of people's heads. Yeah. And people look at you and go, I can see right up your nose. It's, <laughs> that's why I don't blow it. It's, it's one of those. Thanks for that. There's <laughs> uh, an image I didn't anytime. want tonight, but fair enough, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> That's not where we wanted to oh. go. Um, <laughs> oh, dear me. This is going to be like that, is it? <laughs> uh, this is what gets you why I love this film so much. It's kind of <laughs> jokes like that. No, but it, I mean, he's so much taller than everybody else. I mean, he kind of gets on the basketball team. He really turns his life around. Yeah. And it's so yes, whilst I can see it kind of falling in because it's that high school gang kind yeah, of yeah. thing. Yeah. 
class of 1984 and blackboard jungle is very much a generational divide it, it's right, the yeah. for as far back as you can go parents have always complained about what the kids are listening to what they're yes. doing their attitudes like yeah that's generational that that happened this isn't about that this doesn't tap into that he is the boy from the wrong side of the of the tracks yeah and weirdly enough, you never actually meet his parents, the main character, Jeff. You never oh, okay. meet his parents in this film. Yeah. But you kind of, you do get the impression that he's from a poorer background. You right. know, he, he, I mean, his mum gets a mention earlier on because he turns up to school in this convertible car, but it's like a really downtrodden one. It, yeah. It's, yeah, I suppose it's a bit like, I've got to remember, it's an Albert Pion film from round about this time. Might have been a little bit after this. Now, if only there was a tool that told us everything in the world ever. This is going to make for exciting podcasting. By uh, it's way. fine. I can put it down. Opinion <laughs> and <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's fine. Dangerously close. All right. Okay. And whereas in that kind of tip taps into a lot of the same kind of ideas where it's sort of like this gang, they're kind of hanging out with a teacher and they're kind of, they're knocking off other students and this other yep. kid who falls in with them kind of goes, no, you're, you're right. So it's more that kind of thing. And so right. like they're seeing the kind of, this is going too far. This is taking it way too far for what started out as us banding together as brothers has right. now turned into a, a vigilante, vigilantism. And, and I don't even know if that's a word. It can be. Or, or just kind of like rebellious. Yeah, it, it, it's a very rebellious kind right. of film. And this is what speaks to me. I think I put it on my letterbox review today that despite my age, I'm getting up there in N years. I used to be in a punk band. I used yep. to have a mohawk. I haven't had hair since I was 19, but I used to have a mohawk. <laughs> I've wore leopard skin legging. I kind of, I rubbed people up yeah. the wrong way and I kind of enjoyed it. Yeah, a little bit. And so I like to believe even at this age, even though I have a house, a mortgage, kids, a wife, mm-hmm. all that kind of thing, and a movie collection, of course, Yeah, even with all of those things, I like to believe I've still got a little bit of a rebellious heart. Right. This <laughs> still likes to go, you know, sticks two fingers up at the establishment and goes, oh, you can't trust the man. It's, it's like, you got to look after yourself. I, it's... Even though I know that's nonsense, yeah. and now especially, I probably shouldn't say this, but I work in local government there, so I know how bad it is, you know, how disorganised it all is. And yeah. it's, uh, yeah, but uh, this kind of speaks to that. It's like, there you go, coming out of the Breakfast Club, even yes. regardless of what you thought of the Breakfast Club, Judd Nelson walking out at the end of that film, punching the air to Simple yeah. Minds. Now, Simple Minds are rubbish. Hate them. Can't stand them. What an absolutely, Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's a shame their lead singer wasn't called Wayne. Wayne Kerr. Yeah, I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> so, because I love music with the 80s, but it, it's um, everybody, everybody kind of relate. Every boy of a certain age can relate yeah. to Judd Nelson because he was cool. He was. And that's Absolutely. what this is. The, these guys are cool. Right. Not John Nelson cool. You know, I mean, this is Adam Baldwin at the end of the day. Yeah. But he's still cool. He, he gets the last line and he stands up. He takes out the gang and, oh, spoiler alert. Sorry, um, cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, cool. Spoiler alert. As I said, as if you don't know what's going to happen in this film within the he's first five minutes. But again, it doesn't matter because... Even in a balanced diet, you need a burger. And this is a burger of a movie. Cool. 
There that's, you go. That's a good tagline. They should have used that in the poster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some div from the northwest said. <laughs> this is a burger of a movie. Because <laughs> you need a balanced diet. <laughs> If you need a balanced diet, this is your burger. Excellent. Yeah, no. I'm not sure the burger <laughs> class is part of the balanced diet, but <laughs> we'll go with it. <laughs> it should do. We all we it's good for the soul. There you go. It's True. it's True. Uh, not soul food, but it's food for the soul. There you go. Right. So I have to ask this because it's been intriguing me all day. I've been thinking about three fifteen. Why three fifteen? Because that's what time school gets off. I meet at the All school right. gates. <laughs> Fair enough. 3.15, meet after school. It's as simple as that. I can tell somebody didn't have a lot of... I, I didn't... I I'm a school tell teacher. somebody didn't have a lot of fights. <laughs> oh, so you didn't get into fights in school like I did then. It's like, you coming in here with your mohawk and your weird trousers. Come here. So I have got into a lot of fights. <laughs> All right. Jesus. <laughs> Now, 3 o'clock was for the primary school. 3.15 was for the senior school. There you go. There you go. Well, actually, my, my school there was 5 go. to 3. And my current school I work at is 3. So what's that all about? don't know. <laughs> just, just make it up as they go along nowadays. What, yeah. What's all this about? That's Crazy. shocking. So 3.15 yeah, no, wouldn't no, work for it. That's what I took from it. The moment of truth. It's 3.15. School's kicked out. Well, We're going to have a fight. Obviously, it worked for that. Well, this is it. And that's why the type, this is why it might have failed as a film because people are like, 3.15? What's so special about that? AM, PM? What are we talking about here? Well, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Maybe that's why it failed. I, I, maybe, I maybe. <laughs> favorite character in the film, and why is it your favorite character? You said you did hint at it earlier. <laughs> I did hint at it earlier. And you know what? My answer's not changed in the last 45 minutes or so. <laughs> It, it's honestly, it, it's the girlfriend's dad, and it's purely for one reason because I was not expecting it. His name did not come up in any of the credits or anything like that. And it's the girlfriend's dad because it's played by Wingshauser, and Wingshauser is amazing. I have not seen him in a well, no, I've seen him in plenty of bad, bad films, but he has not been bad in those films. No, <laughs> Wingshauser, Wingshauser. Oh, oh, please. Oh, gonna, right. I have okay. to look him up. You're going to have to look him up. You'll recognise him from a number of... Oh, yeah. He's in a lot of these kind of movies. Yeah, I recognise him. He is a character. Let's just put it... Not a character actor. He's a character. <laughs> uh, he was in a bunch of movies. Oh, God. The, the, one of my favourites of his is a film called Cold Fire, which yeah. actually he directed as well. It came from 1990. It was kind of like a straight-to-video film. Yeah. Um, which is very much kind of my area. It's, as I say, it's either Japanese or Hong Kong cinema or <laughs> 80s straight-to-video trash. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like drug deals, but his performance, honestly, it's like cocaine is a hell of a drug and you can tell it's on performance in that. <laughs> in that. Allegedly, allegedly. Allegedly, allegedly. Allegedly, <clears throat> yeah. I, I don't know anything. But yeah, it, it's... No, I think you watch any film of Wingtown and it's kind of like, yeah, you're definitely doing something, mate. Aren't you? Yeah. It's kind of like, he's brilliant. No, he's fantastic. And that's it. It's, I mean, yes, you know what? This, this film is full of your two dimensional characters. 
uh you like who you're supposed to like you don't you boo who you don't not supposed to like and it's fun and it's just very basic down the middle but Wingshauser will always win any competition as far as i'm concerned and he, he's the dad of the girlfriend he's in one scene one scene <laughs> like, he's wow. in one scene and it's like <laughs> for like 10 seconds and he's like <laughs> jeff and you think he's gonna swing for him and he goes out and that's pretty much all he's. I mean, he has a brief conversation with his daughter, and then he's like, <laughs> "You out," and then that's it. That's the last you see him. But it's Wingshauser, so I don't care. Wow! So he, <laughs> he steals the entire film with a couple of lines. Not really. He does for me because I wasn't expecting it. And I'm sat there going, "Because here's, here's the thing, right?" So. <sighs> Why am I watching movies on the iPad? Let's kind of really pull it back all the way to that. <laughs> yeah. My flight to go to bed at about 9.30. Yeah. I'm much more of a night owl. So it'll yeah, be like midnight, one o'clock before I, I come, yeah. I'm ready to go to sleep or anything. So, but she doesn't like to go to bed alone. She kind of, it feels a bit weird. I can sit there waiting for her to go to sleep, then sneak off. Yeah. makes it sound really kind of weird. No, I don't mean sneak off. I mean, go downstairs and watch movies. Yeah. But it's... But it was kind of like she'd wake up, so like a couple of hours later, go, oh, hang on, this is something weird. So we kind of, hey, it got me an iPad. So you know what? I'm not complaining. No, don't. And also, I found I just I also discovered that you could buy a portable Blu-ray player. Wow! And I bought one, so I have a portable Blu-ray player as well, which fits and in your means- iPad. No, 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 it's it's literally it's like it's right. thing. You know, remember the, like the portable DVD? Oh, right, okay, with the screen, screen and everything. Yeah, with the flip-up screen. And it's a Blu-ray player. Wow. So whilst I can't play a lot of my imported stuff, I can still, you know, if I wanted to watch something, I can, you know, I've got plenty of options. Yeah. So it, it's so it's kind of one of those situations where, but it gets me in trouble a lot because usually I'd be like laughing at something, or I'll be like, <laughs> yes! you know, and, and it's kind of like, like Ben, you're shaking the bed, stop it. Like, so what are you doing? I'm just, it's Wingshauser. You don't understand. And it's it, so, yeah, it kind of comes into that idea. So that's why I'm watching the iPad. So I'm there pointing at right. the because it was that moment of excitement. It was that kind of like, I was enjoying the film and this just put right now, this falls into Wingshauser territory and that makes it awesome. So, yeah, that was Fair a enough. very long explanation to say uh, no. one guy for a, for a Two minute scene. <laughs> it's my favorite character, but in reality, every, everybody's a, a two dimensional character in this. But it's honestly, yeah. it's fair enough. It doesn't matter. You know if, what you're going to get. Yeah. If you take away from Wingshauser, then um, oh. who's the next best character you can't go you can't go over Wingshauser it's impossible Um, and I don't want you to I want to who who comes (laughs) next after Wings there must be someone when does Adam Baldwin put an edition well if you like that bit what was your favourite bit well after that one what was your favourite bit and he wants me to get to his favourite bit (laughs) so we can agree he goes yeah that was the best bit um (laughs) um Oh, um, uh, what's his name again? If only there was a tool that told us everything in the world ever. The guy who played the leader of the Cobras, his performance in this is right. absolutely 
insane. <laughs> it's absolutely mental. I'm just kidding. It, uh, it was played by a guy called... Because this is it, though. With this film, what's really strange, you kind of go through the cast list and you're kind of like pointing at people going, hang on, I know that. I know yeah. them. I know her. I know him. Like Gina Gershon is in this film. Mario Van Peebles is in this film. Yeah. Uh, Ready? Oh, 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 here we go. I'm going to. Ready? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Odo from Deep Space Nine. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> Odo from Deep Space Nine. There we go. That's him. That's the one. I, I say you've got all, as well as Adam Baldwin, and it's kind of, you're kind of going through. Go, I know them. I know them. I know that. It's really strange. Yeah. The guy, uh, Danny De La Paz, uh, Cinco the main villain from the film. Okay. His performance is another one of those where he made some choices. He definitely made some choices before <laughs> going, and everything was honestly, it's, it's like he's going to suffer an aneurysm any minute because everything's so intense. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to get you, Jeff. Away. I mean, Jeff is a member of the gang called the Jeff. 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 It, it's not the Jeff. best best name, is it? I mean, I said, having said that, though, there are a generation who believe, is it uh, Jeff the Killer is one of the uh, creepypasta things that's oh, out right, there. Okay. So maybe it's making a bit of a comeback. Maybe, but, you know, maybe. It's, it's a bit like for our generation going uh, Walter Softy from the Beano. <laughs> oh, Walter. Oh, scared. Not really going to work. No, not really no work. it's not. No. So, but anyway, he was, yeah, uh, Danny De La, uh, De La Paz playing sing. He again, it's that it's that lovable villain, but he's so dastardly. He's the one who always takes it too far. He's the one who's always getting in the face of his right of his uh, of his gang and going, oh, "You're not doing this right. You're not doing that." And he's always got a flick knife on him, and he's always pulling it out. And the flick knife, not anything else. Yeah, and let's hope not. Like, uh, <laughs> you said you could take it from your parents this one, so let's hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let me tell you. <laughs> but it's, um, Your parents like that sort of thing, brother. Yeah, no, so, as, as I say, he, his performance is great. <laughs> you know, obviously the kind of stuff my parents had to put up with from me growing up. So, <laughs> but that's between me and, and the restraining order. So, Absolutely. but I mean, Adam Adam Baldwin's Jeff as well. He, he is very much that two-dimensional character, but it doesn't yeah. matter. He's your typical hero. He's he's kind of an everyman. He, he but he knows when to stand up and do the right thing. I say this could have been Shane. This could have been uh, a whole host of westerns. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But it just happened to be because the fashion at the time was high school movies, and they could be made relatively cheaply. Yeah, that's what it was. So, Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Right, going to do a quick stop now. Um, okay. Just to remind the listeners, if you want to get in touch with the podcast, it's my favorite film podcast at gmail.com. Twitter, it's at my favorite film. Uh, Instagram, it's my favorite film podcast. And we're all over Facebook. You just have to search for my favorite film and you'll find us at some point. Uh, or go to the website, www.myfavoritefilm.com. Ben, is there anything you'd like to sell or plug at this point? You know, your Twitter handles, your letterbox, your IT sport. Uh, so my <laughs> my IT skills, as we proved before we recording, pulling back the curtain for a little bit, maybe not. The Bluetooth, terrible, terrible invention. Um, 
No, really. I'd say, I, I mean, I'm the Common Egg Samurai on Twitter and on Letterboxd. They're pretty much the only two places I, I kind of venture to nowadays. Uh, Kamurai, as in C-Y-M-R-E-I-G, and Samurai, Samurai, all one word. And yeah, usually you'll either fi find me talking about, uh, say, arty Japanese films from the 1950s and 60s, or Sharknado 3. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, kind of, it's very much, it, it's one or the other. There's nothing in between. Absolutely. It, I'll, I'll put links to your Twitter into the show notes. I'm sure people can find it there. <laughs> People um, find it there uh, and go, why am I following this idiot? Come <laughs> on. He's supposed to be a film expert. Listen to him. Or maybe they'll go, do you know what? Sharknado 3, I'm going to give it another shot now. <laughs> I'm going to. I'm going to go and watch it tonight. <laughs> and I won't. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know what he likes him. I'm, def I'm defending these films. No, I'm sorry, I bought a book about uh, shark exploitation. Shark exploitation is that a thing? Shark exploitation. Oh, it is very much a thing. It is very much a thing. Well, it, was, it, it was like Encyclopedia Shark Exploitanica or something like that. And it's a really, really good book. And it's about shark exploitation. And one shark movie I'm going to promote from there because it wouldn't be me doing a podcast if I didn't promote it. It's a Chinese film from 2020 called Land Shark. Go and watch it. It's great. Everybody's heard of it. <laughs> it's absolutely, it's great. It's when they cross the DNA, the DNA of a shark with yes. an earthworm. <laughs> yes, I, I, I have seen that. Yeah, you so say you're the other person who's seen it. Then. I have seen it. Yeah, it's good. I enjoyed it's, it. It's decently, except for the size of the shark does depend on the scene it's in. Yes, you know, it's yes. Like, it does vary quite a lot. But, you know, I, I seem to remember. Oh, it, it was that type of just not. I was going to say trash, but it's not trash. It's just one of those a bit like this film as you described it. It's it's yeah. just a bit of a laugh. It's a it's nonsense. It's yeah. absolutely and it is trash. And you know what? I, as somebody who got dubbed the trash king for for a while now on on Twitter, <laughs> it's um, it it really is trash. But it's trash in a good way. You know, one yeah. person's trash is another person's treasure, and that's the way I've always looked at it. Absolutely. It's, I'm going through the trash heap looking for the treasure, and that's what it is. And 3.15, 3.15, which is kind of hard to get hold of over here. Um, I have I had struggled. To that's one of the reasons why I purposely didn't watch it, is because I couldn't find it. <laughs> there may be a copy on something that all the kids go to watch other people play video games. Oh, Without dropping names, there is maybe a copy. Maybe I'll share that with you later. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah that, but, that might, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It is there. Okay. This is it. You see, for for years of watching, see, quality doesn't bother me as well, kind of yeah. thing. So even if it's like the lowest Z grade quality, I've been watching kung fu movies that have been pan and scanned from VHS, yeah. transferred five times, and then put on a disc. Yeah. So you know, and really poorly dubbed as well, and so like. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So you so know, my expectations are kind of a lot lower than most people's. At the. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah, I know I've tried watching some, I've seen some dodgy copies of films in my time and sometimes been like, I just can't, can't continue watching this. But yeah, I know what you mean. It is, to be honest, it only becomes a problem when I try and watch it with somebody else, which is usually my wife. And I'll be like, can we just watch this? Goes, I can't watch this. What's, what, you can't even see it. It's it's 4-3 aspect ratio. And it's like, yeah, I know, but it's a movie. <laughs> 
I want to watch it. I want to watch it. <laughs> I don't want to watch Star Trek Wrath of Khan again. <laughs> you know, it's the new digital 4K version. <laughs> oh, no. See, lost on me again. Yeah. Played on a punk band for 10 years. Half deaf. Colorblind is sin. Eyes are starting to go. Hence the glasses. It, you know, so when people go, ooh, well, I would take the 7.1 surround. And it's like, I couldn't tell you the difference, mate. No. Really couldn't. So, you know what? Whatever. I have to admit, sometimes it, it makes no difference. When you've got a film that is that old, can they actually make it better than the original film? Probably not, no. When I first saw it, I was in the cinema, and it was dodgy, and it was grainy, and I could still see the curtain. You know, so... <laughs> it's a hippodrome. Well, they used... No, true story, Wrexham Hippodrome. I went to see Pulp Fiction there. This is how old I am. And they still had... A, a lolly lady who oh. came down in the middle of the film yeah. and so like sort of the front they paused the film and you could go and buy your ice cream and then sit back down the pulp fiction isn't short so putting a break in the middle of it was just sort of like oh but we're gonna be here all night are we oh. now people complain with it because they did that with avengers didn't they they put a break in for people and it was like they, they complained there was a break and they said actually I, I want a break in the middle of a film because <laughs> yeah. two hours is too long to sit when you're my age you have to go to the toilet so you can't wait. so this is why when you buy your drink you ask for an empty cup <laughs> right? so, and so if people do want to complain then it's going to stink a week there you go <laughs> that one. just don't get the cups confused that oh, no. is quite embarrassing if it's warm don't drink it I think that's the way you go I want to look up a tea. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh. Let's so get you back know when to you said film. come on to this podcast. You know when you said Ben, you want to come on this podcast? I'm like, do you know what? I'm writing it now. It'll be really funny. It'll be great. Um, <laughs> so we just last words. Well, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll cut it to make it funny. <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be like, hi, and that's the end of the show. Yeah. <laughs> like, Goodbye for now. <laughs> Favourite scene. Don't watch then. this movie. It's trash. And <laughs> just, come on. There must be some good stuff. <laughs> oh, favorite scene. Wings favorite scenes. There we go. Um, go on. Favourite scene. You know what? It's got to be. And for as much as I'm trying to steer away from this one, the final action scene, the whole the thing that you've been ramping to, I and mean, you've got the yeah. first five, 10 minute intro. Yeah. You know, with, with the great sort of like eighties music going yeah, yeah. on and everything's kind of cool. And it's from the minute he leaves the gang. Right. It's kind of like a ramping tension. You know, it's coming, you know, it's happening, you know, yeah. it's kind of coming along. And then that when it, the payoff to it is just, it's, it's fantastic. It's just really, really good. The action beats on it are really, really, don't get me wrong. They're shooting at each other from like three feet away and missing. You, you know, it's, let, let's kind of not pull it. And what one of the people gets shot in the stomach, but comes back later and is like, hey, I'm fine. It's okay. And so it could know, happen. <laughs> it could happen. <laughs> it could happen. But um, especially in Hollywood. No, it's, Maybe it's a special kind of gun that we don't know about. I don't maybe, know. Maybe. Maybe it's the one that shot JFK. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe he went to shoot the person in front of him and actually swerved to the right, then left, and then went. <laughs> um, yeah. 
<laughs> back into the left, back. Into, oh, you see now JFK all of a sudden. No, stop, stop. <laughs> <laughs> but it's um, yeah. No, so, so the whole kind of the build up to that and the kind of the the threat coming into our main our main character Jeff. Yeah, it, it's it's even though it's kind of a hyper realized, it's yes. very two dimensional. It's very real as well in his, in the confines of his world. Right, it, it's a very real threat. He's looking to his friends. He's or his friends saying, "I'll stand by you." And of course, they let him down, and he's there yeah. having to face this alone. Yeah, but the way to, it's just it. As I say, there isn't an ounce of fat on this film at yeah. all. It, it moves at breakneck speed. It's right boom 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 end yeah. and it's you're just kind of like yes two fists in the air yeah and i am satisfied he gets one last dig in you're like yeah and it, it, honestly it is that judd nelson moment fist yeah. in the air and just kind of walking out and being like i've had a good time so yeah that fine that because the way it resolves itself is satisfying in the mood of the rest of the film Excellent. So it, it does everything it needs to do and it wraps it all up and leaves you happy Absolutely. at the end. Honestly, I felt I've had enough of my burger. I yeah. don't want all the fries on the side. I'm just happy having had the burger. <laughs> I'm going to sit here and drink my Coke and I'll be all right. Fantastic. Uh, and- uh, other cola beverages are available. <laughs> Thank you for putting that in. <laughs> Although Coke, if you want to send me some free stuff, I'm fine. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a Pepsi guy. I don't know why I said Coke. <laughs> um, okay, then, because it's a big 80s movie, or it's a trashy 80s movie, depending on which way you want to look at it, it must have some lines of dialogue. It must have some classic lines. It must have something that is a, almost a catchphrase that comes out. Is there anything like that? It springs to mind. It's going, ah, there's that line where it just... Sticks in your head. It's not so much the lines, but the delivery of right. the lines. As I say, it's, it's kind of like when Jeff and Cinco are facing off at the beginning of the film and, and yeah. Jeff's just about to leave the gang. It's more, you do not. And, and it's kind of that really, as I say, he's putting so much strain into his body. Honestly, you can see a blood vessel <laughs> popping any minute. And it's so it, there's not so much, it doesn't have those catchy lines. It, right. It's not one of those. As I say, the nearest one is the Wings House with the boyfriend who goes, Jeff. And he takes a beat where you can think he's just going to curl up to a fist. And he goes, <laughs> Out and, and so, yeah, it hasn't got that catchiness, but the, some of the delivery is what's like, yes, you know, right. it's kind of like, so you kind of get because you don't always hear what they're saying as well. I've, I've kind of been and it is very much that kind of thing, but because it's delivered with such conviction. You kind of get into it. I mean, and there's a twist. No, actually, you know what? I'm not going to tell that. Watch the film. It's a good okay. film. Okay. <laughs> I'm ordering you. There we okay. Go. So if there was a sequel, there wouldn't have been a, a catchphrase that Jeff had that he would be using again. No. no. Fair enough. Well, I mean, I suppose you, you kind of go, the Cobra Strikes Back or something like that, because that was the name of the gang. You know, right. The, the, the Cobra, Cobra Strikes. Right. Um. <laughs> It doesn't really lend itself to sequels. Though, no, to is there no, no, there's no possibility of sequel. 
it's very i mean you could i mean you could argue that it would be interesting to see where, where they were 20 years later but i could say that about many of them you know it's yeah. so like, well what is it it's yeah. 1986 it was out so what we're talking 37 years it's coming up for its 40th anniversary is it do a 40-year oh, sequel, God. see what happened to them. Hey, I got depressed when I kind of realised that we're only two years away from the 50th anniversary of Jaws. So, oh, I know. Don't, Scary, man. Don't, honestly. Oh. Yeah. 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 See, yeah. another film I absolutely adore. Changed my life, that film. Yeah. Brilliant film. <laughs> I've already covered Changing it. it. <laughs> see, this is why I went for 315. Yeah. A moment of truth. Because who's seen it? Me. <laughs> exactly. I think you are possibly the only person who has ever seen it. But well, I actually at the end of this podcast, are... it'll get a UK release again and you know <laughs> get it back on the internet everywhere. Some somebody in the police force go, There's a lot of people watching this rubbish movie from the eighties. And there's me somewhere <laughs> going, Someone else has seen it. <laughs> yeah. Well we'll see if uh, we'll get Netflix put up, it'll be all right. Oh. Yeah, only for them to cancel out season one. Oh, oh sorry. Um, <laughs> but talking about it, because it's not available anywhere, yes. is it due a remake? Could it get a remake? And if it did, who would play all the different roles? And don't say Wingshauser plays everyone, because that <laughs> Yeah, in fact, it's Wingshauser and a bunch of Muppets. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you know what? Actually, because I read... Uh, uh, again, peek behind the curtain. I know you sent these questions over, and I gave this a lot of thought earlier because my initial reaction was sort of like, well, I wouldn't remake it in the West for a start yeah. because I, I certainly with sort of like the hyper focus on anti bullying and things like yeah, that, yeah. I don't think it would go over very well. Yeah. So then transposing it to a country where bullying is still quite an issue. So, say, someone like Korea or Japan, where bullying is still such a massive, massive issue. Yeah. Then I thought, actually, no, you know what? And I know he's kind of done this before. I would actually set it here in the UK. Right. Lots of unknowns directed by Shane Meadows. Ooh. So kind of tapping into the this is England kind of thing. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. See, and the problem is I know he's done that and I know he did Summertown. Um, I can't remember. There was another film, 24-7, which I know he didn't yeah. direct with Bob Hoskins about the boxing club. Yeah. That kind of gritty, you know, tapping into Kes way yeah. back when. yeah that real grittiness of it all, of sort of like a lad who's fallen in with the wrong crowd and is just trying to get out, but make it really gritty. And I think Shane Meadows lends himself Absolutely. to that kind of thing really, really well. But, and I'm probably, and that would probably make it a good film. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> but we'd have to probably rename it because again, 3.15 or Wouldn't 3 o'clock or half three, depending on where you are in the country. <laughs> Doesn't really kind of work, but no, I mean, especially with, with, when you kind of look at his films like Dead Man's Shoes and things like that, they're just yeah. absolutely brilliant. If if, so, it, yeah. if Shane Meadows did make it though, Shane Meadows made it, would it not end up with a lot of extra fat around its bones? So it would probably end up with a two and a half hour running time, and or maybe even a miniseries like is uh, this is ah, this yeah. is England ninety, yeah, this yeah. Is, England ninety nine or whatever he's up to with that, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I mean, potentially, but I'd be interested to see what he did with it. It sounds like a good idea. I mean, certainly, if you're going to remake something from this era, because the 80s was an interesting era for film anyway, Yeah. to try and remake it and do the same thing just would never work. So, yeah, actually taking it and replanting it in England and going, let's update it to 2023 and 
schools of 2023 yeah. and do that and see what happens. Yeah, it could be quite interesting. Yeah. So, but I mean, I can also imagine, so like, you know, like the films of like Noel Clark and things like that. So, like, a, like kid, adulthood, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine that kind of side of things coming out of it as well and really having a commentary on, oh, here we go. I'm getting really serious now. Yeah, yeah. A commentary Oof. on race and things like that. And, and I yeah. think that would be, because again, they're not open and honest conversations that we're having. Yeah. At the moment. Everything's kind of. You know what? I'm not going to open up that can of worms. I get told off for that in work enough. (laughs) Basically, we're getting towards the end. Um, Yeah, yeah. Is there anything we've missed? Is there anything you want to mention about this film that maybe is going to make me want to go out and watch it more than I currently do? Because I'm kind of people can't see this. I'm kind of on this balance where it's kind of going. Yeah, I want to watch it, but there's a bit of me going, "Have I got time?" What? It's 86 minutes. Oh, Don't yeah. you tell me that you haven't got the time for 86 minutes. <laughs> it's all right. If it, you know, we follow each other on Twitter. If I see you kind of, I'm going to put on uh, Seven Samurai. That's the only film I can think of today for some reason. I'm going to be it's like, oi, you could watch three of these in this time. Don't you dare. No, and this, it, it, I mean, that was the big, I think that was the deciding factor for me. It was getting to like yeah. 10 p.m. and I was like, I wanted so much short. Uh, so I plonked it on. It's just a good time. It's just a, it's one of those films. If you're not, you don't want to be challenged. You don't want to be taxed for that evening. You don't want something in your face. I mean, don't get me wrong. I went through a period of like the late, the late noughties to the early tens when it was films like Red Road coming out and yeah, uh, yeah. London to Brighton, which yeah. were really gritty and, and sort of like, and they were fantastic, but you kind of came out of them going, I hate life. I hate people. And yeah. then this one, you don't come out with that feeling. You kind of come out with that feeling of Judd Nelson at the end of yeah. the breakfast club, fist in the air going, yeah. And he, he like, gave it to the man and he stood yeah. up for himself and he got, and justice is served. And I feel good about the world because Jeff did right. And cool. that's all you need. And sometimes you just need something basic and something that just speaks to you. And this one spoke to me. This one kind of like, yeah, it was sort of like, remember that feeling you had when you saw Savage Streets for the first time? Or remember that feeling you had when you saw the Warriors for the first time? It was that feeling. And that's what we do. If you watch horror, if you watch 80s, if you nostalgia is a powerful drug. So yeah, to yeah. find something that isn't nostalgic because you haven't seen it, but taps into that same feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that dragon we're always chasing, and this one definitely quenched that thirst. It's, cool. ah, mwah, brilliant. So does it does it have all the the classic eighties synth yes. theme tunes and any known music in there? Anything? Um, the main singer who seems to be on most of the the songs is somebody called Ruth Daniels. Is, right. Unfortunately, the soundtrack never got released, even though it kind of oh. the, there are a lot of songs. Now, I'm one of the mugs who pays for YouTube Premium. So with that, I get the YouTube music app. So anything that's music based on YouTube, I can get it just as an audio file. Yeah. So I can kind of plunk it over and, and watch it. It's because I've got kids and I don't watch them, want to watch them like 10 hours of adverts just to get what they want to do. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, and we're okay. So you know what? Stuff it. I'll do it. Um, so so it is, a, it is out there if you wanted to listen to it, but there's nothing. I mean, the final song is just brilliant. 
It right. really is. I would play it, but copyright reasons. Even though yeah. I'm not even too sure who holds the copyright for this anymore, to be absolutely honest. I think I think it was on the German DVD cover. It had like Canon films on there. I'm like, no, Canon definitely didn't have anything to do with this one. Right, okay. But it is very much in that kind of vein. If you yeah. are after, you know, if you love things like Canon films or Ryan films, you know, that they kind of... It's in that. Catered, yeah, New World Features, you know. Yeah. It, it's kind of like, it's it's at the lower end. It was something that would go straight to DVD. Yeah. But you'd get it and you'd get your mates around on a, on a Friday or Saturday night and your parents would be banging on the floor going, you're too noisy. And it's, ah, oh, watching a movie, it's awesome. Shush. Don't you shush me, you're grounded for a week. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> but it's it's that kind of... It's that, it's just filled with that nostalgia. And I got that, watch it on an iPad at the age of 46, as I was at the time, or 47. No, because I watched it last year, that's right. Yeah. And it's it's it just kind of fills that joyfulness, that pleasure that what got us started on this route of watching those Indiana Joneses and yeah, watching yeah. those Star Wars. And as you, yeah. as you said yourself, your favourite film's Highlander. Yeah. It, it's just... It's like Pauline Kale said when she was talking about so like trash movies. It, there's so little art in. I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing it because I can't remember the the exact quote. But she said, there's so little art in films that if we can't appreciate great trash, then there's very little reason to be interested in them. And it's the same with this. Yeah, you know what? It is trashy. It's throwaway. It's disposable. Yeah. But I come out of it. I, I after that first viewing, I immediately jumped on eBay and overspent on a Blu-ray straight away. <laughs> you know, because it was just I have to own this. I Fair have enough. to add this to the collection, and this is why I say it is. It's just a good time. So late night with a beer and a pizza, not that I drink, a non-alcoholic beverage and a pizza or so, and you just want to have a good time. You've had a rough week. Yeah. 3.15, The Moment of Truth, is one of those films that will fit the bill absolutely cool. perfectly. So cool. I've even given you a time in, a time in, um, of the week that, where you took to watch it. Come on. And it's 86 minutes. It's not taxing. Okay, I'm going to go do it. I'm going to go do it. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> if I can find it anywhere, that's going to be the issue here. I will find it for you. Don't worry Okay, you about find it for me. I'll watch it. <laughs> send me a copy of your Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. I'll send you my Blu-ray. Just send it back. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> uh, that is not a legally binding contract, by the way. Um, I do want I'll to edit press. that out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that got edited out. <laughs> I got it said here. Um. Right, you've, you've done it, actually, to a certain extent, but I'm going to put you a time limit on it. Can you sell the film in 30 seconds? No. Okay, fair <laughs> no, I can't. That's but right. I'll, give, I'll give it a go. Thank you. I'll, I will give it a go, um, bearing in mind how much I like to talk. Um, right, Okay. It's a good time. It's if you enjoyed films like The Warriors, Savage Streets, The New Kids, and the not the New Kids on the Block because that was weird. <laughs> um, the other kid, um, oh god, what was it called? But like The Outsiders, that kind of. Th if you like films like that about gangs and high school and things that really tap into that, I that whole rebellious youth kind of idea. This is absolutely fits into that. 
it's just a good time. It's really basic. It's 86 minutes. Just go out and watch it. because it, And it's got Wings Hauser. It's got Wings Hauser. Excellent. For 10 seconds. But it's got Wings Hauser. How did just I do that. time-wise? That's, that's yourself. Just, it's got Wings Hauser. <laughs> it's got Wings Hauser. It's a Wings Hauser movie. <laughs> they banned him from the Oscars because he'd win every year. Anyway. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> well, I think... That has covered 3.15, The Moment of Truth. Um, it sounds like a brilliant film, and I'm going to have to try and find it. I am going to find it, and I am going to watch it, and I'm going to see what it's like, because it just sounds brilliant. Um, before I sign off for the day, I just have to say, please remember, our new theme tune was composed by the Craig Grill Collaboration. Uh, their new album, A Long Way Home, is available to buy and stream on all good music platforms, and it's really good as well. So there you go. That's a recommendation from me. Um, before we go, uh, you've already said your Twitter feeds. I'll make sure they're in there. Oh, brilliant. Thank you. Is there anything else you want to say? Um, I'm sure there is because you can talk. Because oh, I, like, I, like I like to talk. <laughs> Actually, no, you know what? I do want to plug. It, it, this is not for me. Right, um, go on. But plug th- away. There's a mate of mine who I used to work with. He does really, really great music, very kind of cinematic music. And it's for a group called Torpor. T-O-R-P-A. So if you kind of like that Warp Records of the late 90s, early noughties, you know, Aphex, Twin, Boards of Canada, that kind of thing, but with a much more sort of like cinematic feel to it, yeah. give them a listen. They're releasing records like every other week at the moment. It's basically, it's two brothers. Because, you know, you couldn't have one brother, I suppose. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, go and listen to it. It's really good. Can. Yes, yes, I suppose, I suppose. But yeah, it, it's they're, they're related. They're really good, uh, really sound people as well. They, they never over push what they're doing. They're, they're really bad salesmen and what they do. Hence why I'm doing it here for them. But really? yeah, don't, definitely go and listen to them because their music is fantastic. Honestly, it was one of those situations where have you heard my band? Oh, yeah, all right, okay. And then <laughs> half an hour later, I was actually like, this is really good. So, yeah, Torpa, T-O-R-P-A. Go and give them I, I shall find them and put links in the show notes for anyone who wants Excellent. to try them out. Yeah. There you go. Apple Music, Spotify, they're, all, they're on all of them. So Cool. Excellent. Right. Well, thank you very much for coming along tonight, Ben. Um, oh, no, thank you. It's really appreciated. Excellent. And for everybody else, bye-bye till next time. Toodles. It's simple. Either you take them out or they take you out. Either way, it's over real quick, right? 3.15. He turned his back on the gang. Now, he's the only one who stands in their way. It begins at 3.15, if it's ever going to end. 3.15.